Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, with us right now is the one, the only, if you've ever met him in person, you'll never forget. And that's Jesse Cole, who's the owner of the Savannah Bananas. He's the author of Find Your Yellow Tux, keynote speaker, and host of Business Done Differently, the podcast. Jesse, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, I am pumped to be with you today, man. I'm feeling the energy right now. I'm ready to have some fun. Okay. So when did you get the first Yellow Tux? Oh, geez. That would be go back to 2011, 2011 with our first team in Gastonia, North Carolina. And so I, I was I was grateful you didn't say like high school or something like yeah. that, because probably would have gotten picked on if you were wearing it back then. But it's wonderful. Like once you leave high school, you can kind of own your inner, you know, kind of your inner geekiness and just l- kind of let it shine. Yeah, you got to be a little bit different. And, and my friends actually in high school, we used to go to Goodwill and shop. And I mean, we've always been about having fun and being a little yeah. different. So it definitely fits with my job right now, that's for sure. Where did you find the tux, the, the yellow tux the first time? <laughs> uh, brightcoloredtuxedos.com. And it actually exists. I may be the only returning customer. Uh, <laughs> yellow tuxedo, but I proposed to my wife in front of a sold out crowd in the yellow tux. She said yes, and we're still married. And, yeah. uh, and I, I still wear it almost every day whenever I'm working. So, How long have you been in Savannah, Georgia? Uh, so we launched on, on October 5th, 2015. And that's when we showed up and the phone lines were cut, the internet lines were cut, and everything was taken out of the stadium. It was myself, my wife, our 24-year-old president, and three 22-year-olds. It was a day we'll never forget. So, okay. So, um, so first off, I mean, I, we love going up to Savannah. We're in Orlando, and uh, just a, what a great town for a little couple getaway or bring the family. There's a, so many fun things to do, so many tours, so many activities. Uh, next time we get up, whenever we're allowed to, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to a, a bananas game. But um, so why Savannah? Why the Savannah bananas? Like, tell me the origin story there. So long story short, so I started in the industry at 23 years old, the GM of a team in Gastonia, North Carolina. How do you get a job as a GM at 23? It's the worst team in the entire country. So that's what I took over at 23. The team was failing, $268 in the bank account, 200 fans coming to the games, and no one cared about baseball. So there we started testing things. I said we had to be a circus. So we started having our players do choreographed dances, grandma beauty pageants, flatulence fun nights, salute to underwear nights. Josh, we tried it all. And we started to get people to start coming to the games. So we started selling out. So we had our opportunity at Savannah, Georgia. There was professional baseball in Savannah for 90 years. Babe Ruth played at the stadium. Hank Aaron, Ted Williams, you name it. But professional baseball was failing. And we went up, my wife and I, and saw the ballpark. 1926 Majestic Stadium. I walked and I felt like a kid in a candy store. The New York Mets affiliate was playing. And there was less than 100 people in the stadium. It was almost like a tumbleweed going through the grandstand. It was that bad. And we're like, what's going on? And we watched. It was the most boring baseball game we've ever seen. There was no entertainment. Oh. 
So that day I called the commissioner of the league of our league and we're not, you know, there's major league, triple A, double A, high A, regular A, rookie ball, independent ball. We're college summer baseball. So we're down here. And I called the commissioner and I said, Hey, if this team ever leaves, we're coming. And that team wanted a brand new stadium. The city said no. So they ended up uh, leaving and we reached out to the city, said, we want to come. And they were like, I guess we'll give you a shot. And when we showed up on October 5th, 2015, um, myself, my wife, our 24-year-old president, and three 22-year-olds, we walked into a, a deserted stadium. And we started using our cell phones because the phone lines were cut, the internet lines were cut, and we started calling everyone in the community. And our first three months, Josh, we sold two total tickets. Oof. It was so bad that on January 15, 2016, my wife and I got a phone call at 4.45 p.m. on a Friday that we had overdrafted our account and we were completely out of money. And at that point, she turned to me and said, we have to sell our house. So we sold our house, we emptied out our savings account, and we were sleeping on an airbed and trying to make ends meet. And you know that's just a few years ago. And we knew we had to get dramatically different and change the entire fan experience if we wanted to have success. And so that's what we did. So what were the first steps then to kind of climb out of that? We first had to get attention. And that's everything. If you don't have the eyes and ears of your customers, I don't believe you have anything. So we believe attention beats marketing uh, 1,000% of the time. Wow. So we were marketing for the first five months, like crazy, Josh, we were doing email, social media, newspapers, radio, everything. No one was paying attention. They're like, who are you guys? It wasn't until we created attention. We named the team, the Savannah bananas after a fruit and we were crucified locally. The owner should be thrown out of town. You guys are embarrassment to the city. You'll never sell a ticket. But then we were like, Oh, well we got more. So then we announced our senior citizen dance team called the banana nanas. Then we announced our mascot named split. Then we announced our male cheerleading team called the Mananas, which is now referred to as the Dad Bod Cheerleading Squad. Yeah. Then we kept going. Then we announced our breakdancing first base coach. And then we announced our Bananas Pep Man. Then we announced our Dolce and Banana underwear that we actually sell. We have a big banana and a small banana on the crotch. I'll tell you, the big banana outsells the small banana dramatically. And we kept doing these things to get attention. And we knew if we could just get them to come inside the ballpark and realize the experience, we'd be good. So we got him in that first night, and it was pouring rain. And we had the whole team were in green uniforms because we weren't quite ripe yet. You know, the bananas, we weren't quite ripe. So they were wearing green uniforms and we had the banana baby before opening night. So right before the game started, we brought out a six month old baby, put them on in a banana costume, raised the banana up to the crowd at home plate where all the players raised their arms and saying, nah, Savannah, nah, he. And people were like, what is going on? <laughs> and it rained. The game didn't start till nine o'clock. And I remember looking up in the stadium and not one fan had left. 4,000 people sold out. From that night on, everyone left saying it was an experience like we've never seen. We made every ticket all-inclusive, include all your food, everything, for $15. We made everything try to be this all-inclusive show entertainment experience. And from that point on, we sold out every single game, and we have a wait list for tickets in the thousands. <laughs> Jesse, this is awesome. So uh, did, did any of the players, where did the players come from? Did, did some of them balk at some of this? And like, man, I'm not going to do this. I'm a legit baseball player. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, it's college summer baseball. And they were all kind of reluctant to what this is. I remember the first practice. I said, guys, before we learn, we go into practice, we're going to learn how to dance. And they're like, what? I go, we have a dance instructor here to teach you how to dance. So we're teaching the guys how to dance. And I'll tell you, they were pretty good ball players, but they were terrible dancers. And, right. it was, and some of the guys were like, I'm not going to do it. One guy ran off the bullpen and said, I'm not dancing. But then the first game, the players are dancing on the field. The crowd goes wild. The second game, the players are dancing on the field. The fans go wild. The third game, I'm walking through the grandstand 
and a wife is talking to her husband and she goes, shut up, honey. They're about to dance. And I was like, I was like, we got something now. And all of a sudden it became huge and they became the most popular players. And our players now during the games, they will deliver roses to little girls in the crowd in the middle of the game. They'll do a conga line through the stadium in the middle of the game. They'll go on dates with fans, actual fans in the middle of the game where all sexy saxophone player will serenade them while they're having a date in the middle of the crowd. It's all about this fun experience. So now our players are like, this is the most fun I've ever had. And because of that, they actually play better. And the crazy thing, Josh, as wild as this is, we've had more wins than any team in the league every year that we've played and we've won the championship and we don't focus on the baseball. We focus on the fun. And I think that's a good parallel to life. I can tell how much fun you have on this podcast. When you have fun, you deliver a better product. So focus on fun and focus on the culture and the atmosphere first and everything else takes care of itself. Yeah. What are the, uh, what about the other teams? Like how do they take to this? Oh, they think we're crazy. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, we'll have the grim reaper on their dugout while we're doing the visiting lineup and playing the undertaker theme song. When the Macon bacon became another team in our league, we immediately rented a pig and we did a PSA video holding the pig, playing the Sarah McLaughlin song in the arms of the angels. And we said, save the pigs, stop the Macon bacon. <laughs> and, and now if you go into our men's bathroom stalls, we have Macon bacon urinal cakes. So our fans are actually pissing on our rival. <laughs> now, did Jesse have any of the other teams kind of followed suit? Uh, to an extent. I mean, they think we're nuts. They, I mean, they think we're lunatics. Uh, oh, okay. Um, and, and we're doing things that the other teams will never do in the sense we eliminated all advertising from our stadium. We're the only ad-free ballpark in the, the world that I know wow. of. We threw away hundreds of thousands of dollars and potentially millions of dollars because um, that's what we believe in. Name of our company is Fans First Entertainment. And so every decision we make is at Fans First. And I don't believe anyone goes to a ballpark and wants to be advertised to. Yeah. Right. And no one wakes up and says, I want to be sold today. I want to be marketed to today. There's so much mm-hmm. noise out there. So we eliminated that. We eliminated ticket fees. We eliminated convenience fees. We try to eliminate all the things that fans don't like, and then they become bigger fans because of it. Wow. Wow. All right. So uh, you're having this, attracting all this attention. Uh, you're filling the stadium. Uh, now, uh, you've attracted a little bit of attention to yourself professionally as, as a business now. Uh, what did you do then? When the business started attracting? Oh, right. Yeah. So you, you've now since written a book. You're, you do a lot of speaking. Yes. What I mean, again, I, we just started sharing. So I think, you know, one of the things, you know, what I've learned from great businesses is that they learn so much from outside the industry and then they share to also outside their industry. And my biggest influences are P.T. Barnum and Walt Disney. I've read every book on them and I've had so great to have so many mentors from afar. So, yeah, uh, about two years ago, we just started sharing. Everything we're doing with our people, you know, loving our people even more than we love our customers, loving our customers more than we love our product. And a lot of our mentality, we developed a fans first playbook that we share with other companies. So, um, you know, I believe in giving. And again, for us, it's just sharing. The more you share, the more you care. And that's the same thing with our people. And as we're recording this and going through challenges in the world, we're sharing everything with our people, the financial challenges, everything, because we want them to understand we're in this together and we're not going to hide things from them. So I think that's the same thing in our business model, share everything we can. So in kind of studying and learning about P.T. Barnum, what are some of the things that maybe you didn't know initially, but when you start reading about him and learning about him, you're like, holy cow, this guy's, you know, I guess maybe your respect for him kind of shot up as you more you learned. What were some of those things? 
Well, you know, everyone claims that P.T. Barnum said uh, there's a sucker born every minute. He never said that. That's actually never credited to his name. Um, what P.T. Barnum understood was he understood how to bring together a cast of characters and put on a show solely for his, his customers and his clients and the people that would come in. And people ask me, what do you think of The Greatest Showman? And was it all true? I go, of course not. Most of it was made up. They go, really? And I go, yeah, but that's exactly how P.T. Barnum would have done it. In my, in my uh, office, I have a custom poster of him and it says showmanship. And a quote from him, it's kind of, and the quote is, something terrible happens without promotion, nothing. So what we re- realize is, is that at our stadium, we're always on stage. Every game is someone's first game. And so our whole staff knows that. It's the show mentality that when I put on this yellow tux, it's showtime. When our staff puts on all their costumes, and they're not just outfits, they're costumes, it's showtime. We are putting on a show for a fan. It's their first time maybe ever at the ballpark. And every year, every game, I go around the crowd and I say, all right, who's the farthest from home? And every, every game, China, Dubai, you name it, Guatemala, Australia, every game people travel and they get tickets on like StubHub and t- it's crazy. And they come in and I do it mostly for our people to understand the purpose and what they're doing. We're not just serving a little community. We're serving people all over. And when you understand the purpose, it gives you a better reason to doing what you do and putting, pushing even harder to put on a great show for our fans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jesse, I would imagine then that social media is kind of an important part of what you do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we spend, we failed so much, Josh, in the beginning. I mean, I, when I was sleeping on an airbed, we didn't know if we were going to make ends meet. Uh, we were spending so much marketing dollars. Now we spend $0 marketing. Right. Zero. It's all you. It's all UGC. It's user generated content because people are like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. I got to get this on social. Yeah. It's been a whole concept that we created. You wouldn't believe moments. So again, think about any business. How many times do people come into your business and say, you wouldn't believe what this business did for me today. You wouldn't believe what happened when I walked in. You wouldn't believe what they gave right. me. And that's how we map our entire experience from the first impression to the last impression, to the fact that when fans are leaving, we're giving away free s'mores. We have our pet band playing and our players are dancing with fans as they're leaving. And then a few cars will actually get their car washed during the game and they didn't even know it. So they're going to come to the car and it's completely washed. So it's all a part of that experience of creating you wouldn't believe moments. So, um, you know, that's, that's part of the model. And I'm sorry to come back to your question was, oh, social media. Social media, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so this is like the perfect environment for all of this native, unpaid, you know, social media from the fans. 100%. So, like, for instance, uh, you know, during this time when everyone's at home, we filmed a video uh, in uh, Dancing With Myself by Billy Idol. And so we had all of our staff and players just doing a video dancing. We just sent out an email to all of our fans, and they're doing the next music video. So you're involving the fans, involving your characters. There's nothing in there saying buy from the bananas, but it's always saying entertaining and trying to be fans first. And if you keep giving without asking for anything in return, they will find ways to buy from you. And, mm. and that's what's happened for us. And so we continue to try to give. And so right now our entire team are content producers. Our entire team is entertainers. Our entire team is producers because that's the only thing that we can give to our fans that really we feel is on brand and that they want from us. Yeah. So, so Jesse, we're, uh, we're an agency. We do a lot of education, do a lot of content. Um, we do, um, you know, obviously we, you know, we build sales systems for our clients. You know, we, we help them turn them into media celebrities and, and we really celebrate their wins and successes. But, you know, to your point, I, you know, there's been a few times where, you know, uh, you know, a showmanship, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, if it's just like an agency or something like that, and they're serving, you know, kind of B2B and they're serving other businesses, where are those opportunities? Like, what are some easy 
showmanship type things that they could do uh, to kind of, uh, you know, to, to, to build that attraction? Well, yeah, it starts with questions. You know, what do you want to be known for? Uh, what makes you remarkable? What makes you different? You know, we ask those questions. What's the definition of remarkable? Are people willing to remark about you? Mm. And so the same thing, what makes you different? You know, if you talk about what makes you different and it's price, you know, you're playing a game that you don't necessarily want to play. For us, and just to share, like, we couldn't win the baseball game, Josh. Like, we're not going to be the best baseball team in the world, but what's the game that we can win and be the best show? So Mm -hmm. again, when you look at these B2B companies, what are people saying about you? We created this, what we call the PFT. It's the perfect fan testimonial. And I want to be very clear on the language there, the PFT. We're not talking about customers. We're not talking about clients. We're talking about fans. And you're like, oh, yes, you're a sports team. Why isn't every company in the world talking about fans? Here's the deal. The future of of business is not going to be based on how many customers you have. It's going to be based on how many fans you have. Customers are transactional. They come and go. But fans never leave. So focus on those fans. So what the PFT means is what is that perfect fan testimonial? And when we're working with businesses and we're doing workshops and speaking, we share this and we said, all right, if you can have one review, just one review, what would you want it to say? And that is how you can guide your entire experience backwards from that. So for instance, for us, it's pretty simple. It's the most fun I've ever had at a baseball game. It was like a circus and a baseball game broke out. So what we do is we create a circus-like experience that's so fun. And people are actually saying that on reviews on Google and TripAdvisor because we've crafted it like that. You can't craft an experience that's remarkable unless you know what you want people to remark about. What do you want them to say? So it starts going reverse engineering. Um, And I'll go one more step. The starting point of all innovation is eliminate the friction points. So in a B2B experience, put yourself in the shoes and go through what your experience would look like. So to give you an example, just like we actually go undercover every night at our stadium. I t- I, one night I take the tux off. Our president takes his. We go as fans. We park with the fans. We line up with the fans. We sit with the fans. We eat with the fans. And we take about three to six pages of notes because uh, we want to know what that experience is like. So if you were to go through your experience or another B2B client, what would be those friction points? Baseball games are long, slow, and boring. You get nickel and dimed. All right. There's advertising everywhere. So we just eliminated all those. And we try, that's how we start creating that remarkable experience is stop doing things people hate. <laughs> it's yeah. that simple. So that's, that's the starting point. Eliminate the friction. Then, you know, PFT, what do you want to be known for? What is that remarkable experience? And then map it. And we map from the first time you buy tickets to what happens when you buy tickets and the confirmation email to the phone calls you get to the pregame playlist we send you of music to what happens in the parking lot. Everything is mapped to be a remarkable experience. <laughs> Incredible. You know, uh, it was the uh, founder of Geek Squad that said advertising is the tax you pay for being unremarkable. Uh, I would imagine, Jesse, you don't do a lot of paid advertising. We do zero. We do zero. (laughs) So we spend zero. But but we invest in the experience. Let me tell you, Josh, we hired a professional high fiver. So like this, like this is like serious. So literally last year we said, Hey, we're looking for a professional high fiver. We couldn't find anybody. I was like, no one wanted the job until a week before the season a six-year-old and his mother came into the stadium, the six-year-old's high-fiving everyone. I said, kid, you got the job. (laughs) Now he's at the gate and his job is to high-five 2,000 plus fans a night. And literally we pay him, which probably breaks every child labor law there. (laughs) But we invest in that experience because again, it's part of a story. Like you guys literally have a kid that's the high-fiver. 
And it's talking about that. And I believe the fans that will say that, that's better than doing any type of paid advertising. Mm. So Jesse, now that you physically can't bring fans together right now, you're, you're into your, are you into your season? No, fortunately we start at the end of May, but um, obviously each day the chances that it's starting on time are getting slimmer and slimmer. Yeah, right, right, right. So um, what do you do if you're a business based on, you know, that, that's interrupted or, you know, you could have a hurricane coming your way. You know, where I'm in Florida, that's always a possibility. Yes. Um, so wh- how do you plan for, you know, what's in, what's in your threat box? Yeah, so I think the first thing we focus on what we can control. And so only what we can control is what we can do now. Yeah. Um, the worst thing that you can do right now is try to sell things. Mm-hmm. And so I've been very adamant with our team. I go, guys, we aren't selling anything. They go, what do you mean? I go, and they don't think of themselves as salespeople anyways, but I go, we're not making calls. We're, not, we're, we're only calling to, to, to serve people and take care of people. And that's part yes. of our mindset anyways, serve over sell. So, yeah. um, so what are we doing? We are going all out on entertaining more. We're going to triple and quadruple the amount of content that we put out for our fans. Like I said, everyone's an entertainer now. No direct revenue, but when we come back, the hunger, because we've been there, we believe is gonna pay off. Yes. Now, um, what is opening up? Uh, tests, it's an experiment. What can you experiment today to learn for tomorrow? And so constantly what we're doing now is like, for instance, our fans have asked forever about this slippery banana drink we make. It's probably the, one of the strongest liquor drinks you could ever imagine, and, our, <laughs> and, it, and it tastes like, like like an easy pina colada, but it with banana flavor. It's amazing. People yeah. love it. They've been asking about it. And so we started asking those questions. Well, is there a way to get that to our fans? Not at our ballpark. And so we looked through it and immediately saw how quickly it happened. Yesterday, talked talk to some people in the city, talked to our distributor. They're like, oh yeah, we can do drive-through. Really? All right. So then yesterday, bottled it up. We have in mason jars. Tomorrow from four to six, it's going out. Fans can drive through and get it. And so (laughs) what that experiment could do is if that does really well, like we think it's going to, why wouldn't we look at distributing that even further and getting the actual in bottles and getting it all around? So what are those little tests now of things that we can serve our fans and then see if that blows up and then keep going from it? So whether we're doing new TV shows, we're doing cooking with the bananas, we're doing new trivia shows, music videos, we're doing um, video game playing, we're testing so many things. What's going to work? What's going to resonate? And then a few of those will be hits. That might be a revenue stream later, but it's not about revenue. It's about long-term fans over short-term profits. And so we're focused on creating those long-term fans now, and then maybe the profits will follow later. Mm. Wonderful. All right, Jesse Cole. Well, uh, you've done some good stuff here. And uh, again, you're the, uh, the founder, uh, the owner of the Savannah Bananas. You're the author of Find Your Yellow Tux. And I would imagine that's on Amazon. Yes, it is. Yes, it better it is. be. Yes, yep. Keynote speaker, uh, as I could, I could tell in your messaging, very, very well polished. You have a great message and you're the host of the Business Done Differently podcast. We didn't even talk about that. Um, but again, if you're in your podcast directory right now, you could just search for Business Done Differently. And uh, Jesse, it's been a delight. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And I love what you're doing and sharing your message and being consistent. I go, that is so huge for making an impact. So thank you, Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, J- Jesse, why, I forget, uh, you know, what's the one thing that if people are like, man, I like this Jesse guy, what is, what's the one thing that one place that they can go online and sample or get or piece of content that, that you're proud of and you think would be a great introduction to what you do? Sure. You search Yellow Tux, you'll find me on Google. Yellow Tux, I'm everywhere, but uh, find your Yellow Tux. I have some giveaways, some standout things and some other stuff, but uh, I post every single day on LinkedIn. So I'm very religious on LinkedIn to keep sharing our story and things we're learning. Fantastic. Jesse, thank you so much. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate you. 
Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.